This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. I was feeling all restful until Brian told me it's a 12th of the year is over already. Come on. <laughs> it's good to be family. That's not going to make the, the, the podcast. They're not going to have any idea why everybody was laughing, but that's good. It's good to be family. Hey, guys. I want to, um, I have two really cool testimonies before we jump into, uh, for a few minutes, the things that the Lord put on my heart to share with you today. So the first one is, last Sunday, after service, I was in the cafe, and I met this amazing couple. I literally have never seen them before. I stopped to ask them who they were, found out they had been here for quite some time, and I'm like, you know, I get to know a lot of people. How can this be? And as we started to talk a little bit more, the wife shared with me that she hadn't really connected at a deep level because of uh, there's this little um, insecurity about this, the language barrier. She thought there was a language barrier because English isn't her first language. So her first language is Brazilian, so her first language is Portuguese. So what do you think? Come on, let me hear it. Yeah, God is breathing heavy on our Portuguese friends in this house, friends and family. But uh, so what did I do? I immediately went and I found a few of our um, amazing family members that are Brazilian and brought them in. And the next thing, I'm telling you, I brought two. I brought two women in with me. The next thing I know, no exaggeration, there's over 12 Brazilians standing in a circle in the cafe. They're changing numbers. They're hugging each other. Husbands, it's not just women. Husbands have come in. They're speaking Portuguese to each other. And I heard that they made an, uh, they decided to go to a small group the following Friday, which was two days ago. Come on, give it up for the Lord. Give it up for the Lord. Here's why I think that's so cool, is that God is removing barriers that have previously kept people from connecting at a deep level. Do you hear me? God's doing this. God's doing this. So um, just a, a fun little fact. If you are a Portuguese-speaking friend in this, in this house today, we are going to have a couple of, um, of gals out in the lobby. Sharon, I'm going to share about this in a second, um, giving information just for people that want to plug in and, and volunteer in some different ways. And Romy, where are you? Let me see you wave your arms. She's around here. There she is. So she's going to be back there. If you want to, she will be able to speak Portuguese to you. She will welcome you. She will give you all the, the dance that she's got going on back there. She will give that away. It's a good day to be here at the harbor. So that's, there you go. Yes. Yes. She either said welcome or good morning or something fabulous in Portuguese, I'm sure. So the second thing that I want to talk to, about, talk to you or testimony that I want to tell you about is, guys, the furnace. Have you, so you've been. Have, you've been. You're only shouting because you've been before. What is God doing in our midst during the furnace times? Talk about breathing on something. Like the hot breath of God Almighty just coming in. Isn't it amazing how all we have to do is show up with all that we are? And, and we just, we just, we're there not to sing songs. We're there to worship. Our focus is vertical in those times. Our focus is vertical. We've taken the last uh, four weeks. This will Actually, this Tuesday, I invite you to join us. It's the last time the, uh, that we're meeting for January. And then we'll go to first Tuesday every month from that, that period on. But we just show up with this intention to put all other distractions away and to focus upward. And guys, the Lord has been moving in profound ways. People are getting touched. Somebody got saved last Tuesday. Nobody's praying for anybody, asking, like, come, to, come up and let us pray for you for this and that. Even though that's, that's awesome and that's biblical, Holy Spirit is moving in the hearts of people as they show up to go vertical and put their attention on God. And here's why I'm so excited about that. Because I feel strongly that that's going to be the same type of thing that happens when we launch, relaunch our Friday night services. 
Now, Friday nights are starting, for those of you that don't know, Friday nights are starting on, uh, what, February 7th, first Friday in February, right? So February 7th, 7.20 p.m., we're going to run right in, but I feel, I'm hearing this verse, hold on, I wrote it down. There's a verse that God gave us, Hmm. do I have it here? Yeah, there's a verse that God gave us. When we began, um, when he began directing us to Friday nights, hold on, I'm looking for it. Oh, goodness. All right. It's out of Haggai 2. I think it's 2.9. You're going to have to trust me on this one. Haggai 2.9. So, um, so this is what it says. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. This is going to be, end up far better than it started out. It was a glorious beginning, but it's going to be an even more glorious finish. This will be a place in which I hand out wholeness and holiness, says the Lord. Hey, that is a word right there. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to partner with that particular word that the Lord spoke. Because we have a practical need. We need people. We need people to steward what God's going to be doing here on Tuesday nights when we do the furnace, and on Friday nights when we do services. So if you have your phone and you are interested in connecting, jumping in, getting all in, and jumping in to help us in that way, you can either pull out the app, click on Harbor app, click on Harbor Serve and fill out the, the, the form there. Or like I said earlier, you can go to the lobby and Mia and, and Romy will be there and they'll be able to old-fashioned way, right? They'll be able to like connect with you in person give you any answer, answer any questions that you might have. And guys, for real, like the couple on Sunday, get you connected at the heart level, a deeper, in a deeper way. You guys with me? Awesome. All right, amen. Let's move forward. So today, I want to talk to you about promise and purpose. We're in the middle of that one heart series. Look at that. We're in the middle of the one heart series. We've been there all, all month. And our focal text is Jeremiah 32, uh, we're going to go into 39, verses 39 and 40 today. I felt like the Lord said that we needed to slow down a little bit. <laughs> we're going to need Holy Spirit because I'm the one who's up here with the microphone. And if you guys know anything about me, I usually talk at about 50 miles per hour with gusts of 75. <laughs> so we're going to need to like pull it back. I'm relying completely on the, the ministry of Holy Spirit right now because... I'm being lighthearted, but in all honesty, I really felt like, like God was saying, I want you to slow down. I want you to jump into these, this promise that we've been talking about, that, you, that I, I had you put your focus on this month. Slow it down so that you can wrap, prophetic picture here, okay, so that you can kind of wrap your arms around what I'm actually saying and let it germinate a bit. Here's why that's important. It is amazing and biblical where God gives vision so that he can show his people where he's taking them and to give understanding so that we know, we have a clue of how we'll get there. But there's something even more important and that's the heart that we're going to go after today with and it's this. What is in, what is on the inside of God, the creator of the universe, that would cause him to assign purpose to humanity? What was stirring on the, on the inside of the Father and the Son? Before there was time, it would cause God to step out and put himself in a place where he would commit promises to mankind. And then Holy Spirit comes on the scene 
And we learn from the the first Corinthians, we learn that one of the the main things that he has a passion to do is to get all up on the inside of the Father and the Son and make the things that were once once unknowable, which which were once unthinkable, to make us be able to hear and to, to, to experience, to know, to hear, to see, to know the deep things that are going on in the inside of the Trinity. Like that's what God wants to go after today. Like getting in there and feeling what he was feeling. Knowing what he was knowing. What possessed you, God, to make a promise like Jeremiah 32, verses 39 and 40? What was going on on the inside of you? And by the ministry of your spirit, God, we're inviting you to take us there. Why don't you guys pray with me? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Deep, 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 deep. Our desire is to dig deep today, God. (laughs) My desire is to go slow, God. Nobody but you knows how hard that is going to be for me. So I was born again to do impossible things, just like my friends. (laughs) So we invite you to have your way. We want to know the why. We want to feel the passion and know the why of what you do. And why, why we're here today to partner with you to start seeing it done like never before in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, okay, so promise and purpose, promise and purpose. Jeremiah 32, verses 39 and 40. Let me read it for you real quick, um, or to you, excuse me, real quick. And I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of their descendants. And I will make, God says, an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. Hey, um, pause there real quick. I had this experience on Sunday that I want to share with you. Um, after Brian uh, gave us this message, the three, there were three words that he spoke uh, last Sunday that just kept resounding on the inside of me. They wouldn't go away. So it was uh, fear, faith, focus. How many of you guys were here last week? Fear, faith, and focus, right? So um, I, I go, to, go to bed on Sunday night, and I'm like, God, I want to know that you, I, I'm asking you to confirm because I want to know what the focus is, like where you want to take the focus of next Sunday, today. And, and then I go to sleep. And when I went to sleep, I had a dream. Now, before anybody gets freaked out if you're a first-time visitor, um, I want to let you know that that's very biblical. Uh, the psalmist said in Psalm 16, 7, that God whispers in the night. And his whispers come to give us wisdom and to show us what to do. Okay? So it's biblical. So, um, so I have a dream. And um, in the dream, there was three highlights. And I'm going to tell them to you because there's a reason. Because I believe strongly that the confirmation that came through the dream, that it linked together with this message, and it actually directed me to bring what I'm going to bring to you at the very end. So I'll tell you this story about this dream in the beginning, but, but I have a plan here. Stay with me. At the end, I'll explain it clear, no poetic, prophetic poetry. You'll get it, and then we'll let Holy Spirit move the way he wants to move. Fair enough? Okay. So in the dream, there was three highlights. The first highlight, I saw this um, I'm hearing the word arsenal right now, but, but what I saw was a lot of things that had come against the church in the last decade to try and keep her from her full purpose, okay? And then I heard the voice of the Lord in the dream saying, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And then I saw something that was a little different. Again, stay with me. I'll explain it at the end. I saw myself in the dream sitting at a table with my Bible open. And I was reading Acts chapter 4. So, and then I woke up. So what do you think I did when I woke up? You guys have the spirit of wisdom on you. Revelation. Yes, I opened my Bible. I went and looked for my Bible and I opened it and I read Acts chapter 4. And look at this. I want to read this to you. This is so good. This is what I found at the beginning of verse 32. It says, now all of the believers were of 
One heart. One heart. Just in case you're sitting in the room going, I don't get it. Okay. Proverbs 25.2 confirms to us that God loves to break in and put his super on our natural. Do you hear me? God loves to break in and put his super on our natural. Proverbs 25.2 says it's the glory of God to conceal things. Right? But there's something, there's something, this blessing that comes this richness that comes to kings that search it out. Guess what? If you are a born-again believer, one facet of you, your new identity is being a priest and a king in, in Christ Jesus. You guys following with me? And so if you are not familiar, no, let me say this. So the Lord loves to come in, break into our normal, especially, I found, in areas where we might not be as familiar and he loves to put his super on it. Why? It's the same reason why he told me to slow down today. It's because he loves for us to search things out. He wants us to understand what's not just, not just read a scripture as, as important as that is. He wants us to get ourselves all up inside that and sit with him long enough to say, to ask questions like I started with today. What is going on on the inside of you that possessed you to say that to me? To, uh, here, what's on the inside of you? What's the passion that was going on on the inside of you, God, to assign a purpose to a person or to a people group or to a land? You guys hearing me? So... If you're not familiar with God's super invading your natural, get ready for change. This is the hour. I'm, I'm right now declaring that, that this is the hour because of the encounter that I had with the Lord. And here, and here not just for a Shazam wow factor, here's the reason why. Because it's part of your born-again identity. And if we are not living where the super is, supernatural is our normal as a born-again believer, then we are living less than our true identity in Christ. That is not for fanfare. It's Bible, all right? I feel like I'm being a good mama. I'm feeding you. It's not even spinach. It's sweet. It's good, but eat it because it, it's going it's to bulk you up. It'll bulk you up in the most positive way. All right, so where are we going? Hello, hello, hello. All right, um, let's jump into Jeremiah 30, 32. Verse 39, uh, and I will give them, God says, I will give them one heart, one heart, one heart. Okay. So what's behind the reasoning behind this part of God's promise? I want to suggest to you that the heart is central to the entire story of God and man. It's central. The heart is at the core of it all. This has always been about the heart for God. This will always be about the heart for God. In the chapter right, uh, right before this, in Jeremiah chapter 1, God even speaks to us and over humanity, and, and he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And that love possessed him to do something. It caused him to draw humanity straight to himself. You guys following me? The heart is central to our story. We need to know our story or we won't understand how central it is. The heart is at the core of it all. So let me take us there for a second. Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, Genesis 1 and 2, we see God as a father, right? We see him as a father, a father who, who is looking for family. And there in the garden, he formed humanity. He formed humanity with his hands. Listen, he spoke everything else into creation with his mouth. He spoke those things. But when it came to humanity, he got down into the dirt. He wrapped his arms like he wanted his hands all wrapped around you and wrapped around me. He came to make man. He, his desire was to make humanity in his own image, in his own likeness. He wanted family. How many of you know one of the reasons why we go so hard in this house 
Bible so hard in this house about reflecting rightly the image of the Lord, it's because you are an image bearer. I am an image bearer. Anything less than the right reflection of God through our lives is not the full measure of what Jesus died for, okay? And so in this place, in the garden, God is forming, his dream is is being made with his own hands. It's an act of the heart. This is your story. All right, what happened next? We're in in Genesis 3. Maybe the end of 2. But what happened next? There was the fall, right? And from that place or from that point, a war ensued in the spirit over the affections of the human heart. Sit with it for a second. The fall caused a war to start in the spirit for what draws your heart and what draws mine. The heart is central. Jesus is the answer, right? The answer to the dilemma. He's the remedy to bring orphaned hearts back into sonship. How many of you know this? Saying yes to Jesus doesn't inoculate us from this war. Unfortunately, I don't want to say amen to that. (laughs) But it is real. It is real. But what it does, saying yes to Jesus, what it does is it allows us, it empowers us to no longer fight for victory, but to fight from it. This is, this is about the heart. It's the, it's the central part, guys. Remember when Darren introduced the, the, the series a couple of weeks back? He said this. Um, I am, he said, I'm making a call for this house for intimacy at the heart level with God, with ourselves and with one another. Do you remember that? Do you know why he did that? Because he knows what I'm saying. Because he knows that oneness, 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 the heart is, is central to the whole thing. If we're not get, being real, if, if there is, mm, don't let me run ahead, God. There's room for growth. No matter how long we've walked with the Lord, no matter how much maturity he's, by his grace, he's, he's grown up on the inside of us. No matter how hungry we are for his presence and how diligent we are to, to give our lives. There's room. There's room for the more. Everybody say, room for the more. Amen, amen, amen. All right. I think a good question to ask ourselves right now is, what am I giving my heart to? Am I giving my heart Am I, am I following our leader as he, as he, uh, he I'm, I'm seeing him with a compass in his hand right now in, in my spirit. So, so as our leader, as he, as he lifts up the compass and he points us to true north, right? And he says, we will be a house of wholehearted lovers of God, worshipers, ones that go wholeness with God, wholeness with ourselves, wholeness or oneness with one another. Like, what are we giving our heart to? What do we need to give our heart to in those three areas? That's something that only you and Holy Spirit can talk about. But I'm encouraged that as you go there in the next few months of this year, that all of us get to enter into the, the fruit of what you guys talk about, you and God talk about. We do this together. Your, your purpose and your calling, which we'll talk about in a minute, is very important. But I'll tell you what, it's meant to fit into a hole. There are no standalone believers you're believing a wrong doctrine if that's what you're thinking. No, it's real. We are in this together. I don't like these people over here. Guess what? It's kind of like marriage. <laughs> and the two shall become one. Ah, Jesus! Who's going to die today? No, seriously. Like, who, which one is going to be? Who's the one? <laughs> who's the one that's going to live? Oh, goodness. 26 years. I'm so happy in my marriage. Guess what? Parts have had to die. Because the, 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 the whole was more important than the, the individual. It doesn't mean that he forsakes the individual to get the whole. No, that's not it. We know he's a good, good father. 
We have experiences with him to prove to us, remind us he's a good, good father. And from that place of experiential revelation, we can step up to the plate. And when things are hard and, and there's like, we're triggering over here because of brother or sister so-and-so or spouse or, 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 or ch- child such and such, we can go, God, I know this is for the greater good. What am I giving my heart to? What do you want to talk to me about, God? How do you want to conform me more into the image of who I already am in the spirit so the world can see the right reflection on the outside? What we do together in the next, what you do with, with God in this season, huh, what you do with God today, we are in part, we are as a community, the rest of the people around you, look around. They are going to be part of the ripple effect of your communion with God. We're, going, we're doing this together. All right. I've labored on that way too long. Um, all right. Let's go to the, to the next part. Back to Jeremiah 32, 39. The scriptures, God says, I will give them one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of their descendants. All right. So what's going on on the inside of God? What's going on on the inside of God? Remember I said it earlier. He assigns people purpose. He assigns people group, lands. If we read the, the, the Old Testament, lands had purpose. How many of you guys know, I'm thinking about the furnace right now. How many of you guys know um, right here, just to the west of us, there's a city called Fort Lauderdale. You guys ever heard of it? Fort Lauderdale. Do you know what that means? Fortress of praise. I'm sure that was just a coincidence. No. God has a purpose for this land. And he put you here. He put me here. And all of the heavens are crying out, have your purpose. Step into your purpose. And so he puts messages like this. He puts highlights like one heart on us for this season. And we're like, and God is like, I'm trying to stir something up. I'm trying to bring revelation. I'm trying to get alignment. Somebody see what I'm seeing. Somebody feel what I'm feeling. Somebody grab a hold of what I've grabbed a hold of. This land has a purpose. So how are we going to partner with God on that, in that you know, again, personal responsibility for what he's saying to the, to the whole body uh, corporately. All right. The passion behind the prompt. We'll keep it simple. What's the passion behind the prompt here? If you look at the verse, it's clear. It's for the people's own good. I'm not going to labor that one. All right. But I, wanna, I do want to make it personal for a second. So God has a distinct purpose for every one of our lives, Right? And then he gives us passions, likes, um, desires that link back to those purposes. And then because he's so good, he gives us promises to keep us encouraged as we're walking things out. Because how many of you know that when God gives a promise, it doesn't usually happen right away. There's something called process. Hey, if you didn't listen to that message, uh, sometime in December, Amanda Leah Noel uh, taught a message on process. I uh, highly encourage you to go back and listen to it if you haven't already. No one is without divine purpose. Somebody needs to hear that. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're listening later on to the sound of my voice. You have purpose. Everybody, no one is without divine purpose. But what we need to understand is what I said earlier. The overriding purpose of each individual calling has a corporate reality to it. And it, if we're going to micro it, if we're going to bring it down into, again, making it really, really personal, that purpose is to restore what was lost in the garden. We're back to the heart again. Original intent. What is that? What God originally intended. What does that look like? Go to Genesis 1 and 2. I'll paraphrase it this way. Out of oneness, humanity will bring forth God's likeness into every part of the planet. What sphere are you in? Where does God have you now? Are you a newlywed? Are you a newly retired? Are you um, on a college campus? Are you raising littles? Are you starting a startup, a new startup as an entrepreneur? 
Are you in a governmental role in our, our city or, um, like, or, or, our, or our state? It doesn't matter where, regardless of where he has placed you, the purpose ultimately is still the same. At the end of the day, you and I will stand before God and it's like, what did you do with the me that was inside of you? Because there is a world that is dying around us. Now, the way that you get him out to manifest through you is different than the, the way that the people around you, probably. It'll, it'll look somewhat different for sure. But he's, like, like he's, he's given us all the great commission, right? We all, we all get it. Go and make disciples. We all, we, this is for, this, aha, that's good. This is, what I'm talking about right here, this, that right there is kingdom advancement. That's how we advance the kingdom. Out of oneness with the Trinity. It's not a military takeover. God is passionate about your giftings. He's passionate about your callings. He's passionate about the ones he's given to me too. But whatever sphere he puts us in, we have to remember that we're to do it as worshipers. We're to do it living like this, like I've been explaining. That's true worship. Are you guys still with me? Are you, anybody asleep? You guys good? <laughs> Come on. All right. Let's go to the third point. Got a few more minutes. Uh, I think this is verse 40. God says, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. The highlight that I felt here was on the word everlasting. Um, so what do we know? Well, we know that we've entered a new decade, right? Exciting. Excited. We are standing in a place of time that we have never stood in before. Now, God's been there forever, <laughs> but we just got here. So isn't it exciting to find out what he's been looking at all this time? Where we're about to step. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, these are the things I think about. <laughs> so um, we've heard a lot of prophetic implications regarding 2020, right? Clarity, a vision, greater uh, discernment or understanding of, of where we are, an upgrade. I liked uh, somebody, I think Nick Dan said that in, uh, a couple weeks back, an upgrade in our ability to see things rightly. But, um, but I want to suggest, I, I want to add to that and say that it's more. It's, it has to do with precision. It has to do with being able to see further. Come on, 2020. Like, like I put on my glasses and, because I need to be able to see far away in real life. And so it's the same type of thing, the prophetic implication of where we've stepped, what we've stepped into. Like God, this word everlasting that I felt the highlight on, I feel strongly that God's saying, listen, I, in this hour, there is a grace for all of us to see further than we ever have, to zoom out, to have the eternal vision. You know what that means? That means that the things that are super, super close up, like circumstances, situations, they're not going to be hold the same way to focus anymore. We're not pretending that they're not there. We have to be wise and take care of the things that are in front of us. Multitude of counsel is biblical, healthy. But we're going we're gonna to see things that we haven't seen before further ahead. You know why? Because we're going to go places we haven't gone before. And he's a good father. All right. Um, eternity in our view. Uh, this season, there's a grace to live with eternity in view. All right, the last one I want to share, and then I'll get back to the dream. Um, God says, I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. Um, quickly, what prompted this pro promise? What prompted this part of, of the purpose that he speaks about through Jeremiah? It was a passion for all to know him and to experience his goodness forever. So God makes this eternal declaration based on the love that he has for people. Yes, he's given us free will to choose. It wouldn't be love if he didn't. 
But at the same time, I know firsthand, hear me, I know firsthand that when you're not walking as intimately with God as you know you could or that you should, that there's this inner tension. Look, um, where's the word desire? See at the bottom there? He says, I will put a desire in them. So when we are not work, when we are not walking with God as intimately as we can, especially if we know it, come on. Like, oh, I've been in a better space with Jesus before, but now maybe I'm not. And it's okay. Really? I want to suggest to you that I know for a fact that for me, there was this divine, there was this, um, this tension on the inside of me during that season. I couldn't pinpoint it then, but I can now. So if anybody needs this word, that's divine desire. The tension that's on the inside of you that, that you're feeling, I want to suggest, is God. Because he wants what we're talking about today to manifest in your life and in mine. This is not a heavy, Nick said it a few weeks back. This is not like, like if there's sin in your life, you need to deal with it. If there is lukewarmness, you need to deal with it. If there's compromise, it needs to be dealt with, but it, it's not underneath the heavy hand of a religious, like, judge. It's a father. What's that, um, what's that phrase? Hold on. Um, it, it goes something like, the difference between religion and relationship is religion says, oh, oh, goodness. Huh. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I messed up. My father's going to kill me. And relationship says, oh, I messed up. I need to go find my dad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh. How can they be up here already? All right. <laughs> That's what happens when I talk slow. You see? I don't know. We're going to have to talk to God about that one. All right. Um, he put that purpose in you because you were made to worship him with all that you are. You know why? Because you were made in his image and he doesn't expect anything less from you than he gave from, from himself. Because we are meant to do this. It's like this eternal, bridal, you know, equally yoked reality. Probably too much for right now at the end. Okay. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go there another day. Um, stay with me. I'm wrapping this up. Remember the dream? I want to tie it back with the worshipers referenced in the Jeremiah verse. Tie it into Acts chapter 4, which I'm going to read some of those scripture verses real quick. And listen to this. And supernatural freedom that I believe God is going to release right now. Hear me. Supernatural freedom that I believe God is going to release right now for us to begin to see things change for us and to see things change in the region around us. Those aren't just like cool sayings when you hear my story. I'm trusting that Holy Spirit will do something, okay? Because um, we need to step into the full assignment that he's given to us individually and corporately. We do. All right. If you're a note taker, this didn't make it up on the, the screen, but I, I want you to take this note. Biblical worshipers are life givers Life livers and life givers. Biblical worshipers are life givers and life, life livers and life givers. The New Testament picture of that is Acts chapter 4, which I'm going to read like five verses out of it for you real quick. I'm going to paraphrase the backdrop. So before the verses that I read, what was going on is that Peter and John got arrested for living as worshipers. Life livers life givers. They got arrested for it, okay? And this is what Acts 4.23 says. As soon as uh, they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened to them with the high priests and the elders. The next verse, which I don't have up there, says they began to pray to God with one purpose. And this is what their prayer sounded like, verses 29 and 30. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. Stay with me. I want you to look at what happened next in verse 31. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. 
Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. The next verse goes on to say, now all the believers were again of one heart and one soul. Listen to this. Selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything they, they had with one another. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great measures of grace rested upon everybody. Later it says that all the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly in the temple courts. Continually more and more people believed in the Lord Jesus and were added to their number, great crowds both of men and women. Listen, this, what I just read to you, is what happened when believers came together with one heart. I'm pausing on purpose. That is the fruit of a one heart reality. It caused an eternal impact, completely transforming them and the regions around them. The point that I didn't mention in the dream to tie this all in is in the dream when I saw myself at that table reading Acts chapter 4, I recognized the table. It was in a house that my husband and I lived in right down the street 20 years ago. And the scene that happened that particular that particular day that I was at the table, like I know what God was showing me. And the only reason why I'm sharing it is because there's power in testimony. And I need, I feel strongly that God was saying through the, this dream last Sunday, if you share the story and tie it together like I'm giving you wisdom to, that I'm going to break out with power and things that have threatened my people for the last decade are going to be instantly dropped off supernaturally because there's fullness at stake here, full purpose. So 20 years ago, I found myself in a, in a season where God was inviting me to have faith, to step into things personally that he had been highlighted, highlighting to me for years, like promises that he had made, that I felt like he had made, things I would never tell anybody else about. But in all honesty, like legit, I'm, I love authenticity, guys. There's no room there's no room for anything else than realness. I was stinking afraid. I was so afraid. There were threats. Remember what it said in Acts 4? Hear God their threats that they are saying. There were threats from the adversary in my head. All the reasons why I shouldn't believe the promises of God. All the reasons why I was unqualified to step into what I felt like God was saying. And so when I got, 20 years ago, I didn't know the scriptures like I know them now. I didn't know what, like I didn't know the chronological order of what to expect in certain stories. So when I found myself in those first verses that said, these threats are coming, give us courage, give us boldness. So that in the name of Jesus, you can stretch forth your hand and heal through us and miracles and signs and wonders will happen. Bringing people into the place of encounter with you, God. When I prayed that prayer with tears rolling down my face, something happened. There were two people from another church that were on staff with another church that were working on my air conditioning unit real people, different flavor than me. So it wasn't my imagination of what happened. They came running into the room, freaking out. The whole house began to shake. And later on that night, the news broadcasted South Florida's earth, first earthquake. Now some could say, coincidence, you prayed that prayer, an earthquake came. Listen, some might say, you prayed that prayer, so an earthquake came. The things that were threatening me, 
the things, the, the, all of the arsenal of things in the spirit that were coming against me. Remember the first part of the dream? I saw a decade worth of stuff that were coming against the church to try and keep her from her fullness. In my own little microwave, 20 years before, I sat at that same table that was in the dream and I felt the reality of that. I felt the crippling fear. I felt the unsurety. I felt the, 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 the thoughts of I, I can't instead of he has and he will. Supernatural freedom. to help the church go from where she is into her full purpose. I tell you, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Come on, give them a hand. The team's going to go back and they're going to play as the Lord leads them. You actually have a few minutes if you have to pick up your kids. You have a few minutes before you have to be there. Here's what I, I feel like the Lord wants us to do. Remember when we were worshiping how people just without being asked just started to fill this space right here? If you feel, remember everybody has divine purpose. If you feel like I felt all those years ago, that the purposes of God are just been brewing on the inside of you, that there's promises that he's given you, that you, that you know, huh, I feel, I feel like the Lord just said, listen, some of you are saying, my voice, my voice, I have all these promises about my voice. Guess what? The voice is an overflow, comes out of the overflow of a heart. If you don't get into a place of oneness of heart, that voice isn't going to come through with the power that God wanted it to. You guys got to hear this. If you feel, have felt fear, if you have felt anxiety, if you have felt, I'm not, like, just orphan garbage in the spirit coming against you, I'm not asking for you to, like, like jump up and down and, and like, Holy Spirit is here. But how did the threats go away in Acts chapter 4? They went away supernaturally, okay? So I'm not going to have the ministry team come like they usually do. I want you, if you are here and you feel something for you in this moment, I want you to come up here and either kneel down or stand up. Just This is you and God. This is not, this is you and God. We are going into fullness of purpose. Fullness of purpose. Wholehearted worshipers that have their focus in the right place, that are doing the practicals within themselves to make it right with other people and to make it right with God. It's not a works thing. This is a grace thing. Look at all the purpose in this room. Everybody has divine purpose. You only suffer through resistance because it's God. It's real. And there is a war for the affections of the human heart. Holy Spirit, if you're on the ministry team, can you just come up and as the Lord leads, we're just going to just lay hands on the backs of people that are up here. This is between them and the Lord. We're not going inter to interfere with that. But just lay hands if you're on the ministry team, even if you're not scheduled to be on today, if you're on staff, just come and just put your hands on the backs of people. We are believing that Holy Spirit is going to come. And he's going to do something in this room. He's going to do something through the sound of my voice that anybody that listens to it later, supernaturally, fullness of purpose, unto him getting what the Father has fully promised him. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name. children you have to go pick them up come back we're going to be here for a few minutes come back and just continue to sit before the lord remember we have mia and romy in the lobby we want you to get connected at the heart level there's places where's a purpose for us as a house to bring what i've been talking about today to an entire generation and we need people to help us do that through services so you can sign up for for information to, to volunteer out there with them we love you guys we'll see you this tuesday at the furnace
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.